The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. I am Steven Serta and very happy to be joined by Brandon Lee Gowton. He is the managing editor of BleedingGreenNation.com. You can also catch both of us every Friday on TGI Football for the SB Nation NFL show. I highly encourage you to check out that podcast as we cover every game across the entire NFL but we've got a Super Bowl rematch this week, BLG. So obviously a very exciting game for us to discuss on today's interview. Yeah, it's a good one to come back from the bye from for both teams. Um, kind of funny there. The, I feel like that doesn't happen too much where you have two teams coming off a bye facing each other. Uh, and then the extended layoff considering, you know, it's a Monday game in addition to that. So excited for this. That's I we... I feel like a lot of people make fun of NFL schedule makers and like we just have some just god awful standalone games more often than not. Like very rarely do they actually nail every primetime window. And this one I think they deserve some credit for. Like both these teams coming off of a bye week, Monday night football, Super Bowl rematch, like as healthy as you can be at this point in the season for the most part. Like we'll get into all of that stuff about this matchup, but they really nailed this. Like there is the amount of buildup, especially with both teams coming off of a bye and then us having to wait a whole nother week into next week ahead of Thanksgiving to wait for this thing before there's all those games. Like, it's a big deal. This game this game is going to be a, a massive deal on Monday Night Football. So I'm really excited about it. And I asked you to come on the show this week because uh, you're as tapped in with the Philadelphia Eagles as anybody that covers the team. But... I don't think that our audience and Chiefs fans who, you know, they're complaining about the Chiefs offense and they don't have any pass catchers or wide receivers like they're really locked into what the Chiefs got going on. And I don't think they're uh, is locked into what Philadelphia has going on right now. So to just to start things off for Chiefs fans who don't know, like 
what do you think is the biggest difference between this year's Eagles team compared to last year's Eagle team, Eagles team, even though through nine games, they're basically in the same spot that they were last season? Yeah, I think they're really similar. And that's not to say they're the exact same. They're obviously not identical. You lose both coordinators. You lose a bunch of players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, DJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Javon Hargrave. So, you know, it's different. But in a lot of ways, in the bigger picture, I think things have been the same. They obviously keep winning. If you look at the underlying metrics, you know, things like DVOA, point differential, I think there's a fair case to be made. The Eagles are a little bit worse than the record indicates. I don't think they're a bad team. Masquerading as a good team, kind of like I think last year's Vikings were. But I think they're kind of like a good team masquerading a little bit as a great team. Although, you know, it's hard to quantify some of the things they have going on, which might make up for the good to great in terms of, you know, the Jalen Hurts factor, the intangibles there, the way the Eagles just win with him. And Nick Sirianni, a lot similar to how the Chiefs just win with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid there. So um, I think it's, again, if you zoom out, I think a lot of it is similar. It's just, you know, if you want to nitpick at certain things, um, you know, the offense doesn't have the same kind of feel to it. I think that's that's the overall thing. This team this year doesn't feel as good as last year. I think part of that is because you're measuring it against the expectation of, you know, last year, Eagles are coming off of this season in 2021 where it's Jalen Hurts first year as a full-time starter Nick Sirianni's rookie year and so you're excited when they take that leap but now in year three of this thing it's like the weight of expectations are on you it's not just about getting back to the Super Bowl it's about being able to win it this time yeah and I think that's another wrinkle about this game that is really interesting because I, I think Eagles fans right now with this team like are kind of where Chiefs fans have been the last couple of years with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and it's like they do kind of go through these phases where they're just kind of stagnant and you're like, what's going on? Why aren't they just destroying everybody? Like they're as talented as any team in in the NFL. And I I think the answer is usually pretty simple. Like sometimes it's just hard to get up for things. Like sometimes it's hard to take other teams seriously when you're so good. And I, I genuinely believe the Eagles are that good. Like they are that good of a football team. And the Chiefs have been doing this for the last couple of years, and I think the Eagles are in that ballpark now. And that's why they're both sitting atop the conference. Um, when you know, Philly, it's you know, the Cowboys are coming, or the 49ers are this is the year they got party, they got their quarterback, and they're finally gonna put it all together. And you know, for the Chiefs, it was Bengals, Ravens, like Bills. This is finally their year, and we're halfway through the NFL season, and they're still the two best teams in football. And I think they're pretty definitively uh, the two best teams in football, even if they aren't getting there quite how we want them to. But I want to get in the matchup a little bit, and you know, it's worth mentioning that Dallas Goddard. I haven't seen an injury update, but he's not going to be available in this game. Suffered a fractured forearm before uh, the Eagles buy, so obviously that's a big blow. Dallas Goddard's a really talented player, but uh, just kind of zooming in on the offense and Jalen Hurts. I know has been banged up. Like, do you expect him to have any lingering issues or anything like that on Monday Night Football? And how are they just going to try to? You know, attack the Chiefs defense. It's been really good this season without Dallas Goddard, uh, but obviously still other stellar offensive weapons. 
Yeah, the Eagles were able to have success late last year when Dallas Goddard went down for four or five games. So, you know, it's not like the offense falls apart completely, at least based on expectation, but it is a big loss. I mean, he's he's an awesome player. He was specifically great in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. He made some really like crazy, big, important third down catches uh, against them where I thought Kansas City, you know, couldn't have even defended it better, just him making awesome plays. So certainly a loss for the Eagles here. Um, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, that's a great question because I don't know. In theory, this is going to be the healthiest he might be the rest of the year because, you know, you're coming off of the bye here. Um, did it make a difference for him? You know, we're not going to be able to know that really until we see on Monday night. I still think that he has enough function. I mean, it's it's, it's so weird. The whole thing is bizarre because he's not listed on the injury <laughs> report, but we are watching the games. We're seeing him in pain. We're, we're seeing him not able to be a big part of the run game he still can apparently utilize his legs when he has to he did that in a crucial spot coming out of halftime against the Cowboys to move the chains um, with his legs when Micah Parsons didn't even respect Jalen Hurts' ability to run there and crash <laughs> down hard on the option so uh, I, I don't think it's a non-factor for him but it's certainly not I I can't believe it's all the way back until I see it and that's significant not just because of him literally just being able to move the ball himself with his legs, but how it impacts the Eagles running game because the Eagles running game just has not been as potent as it usually is since Jalen Hurts hasn't really been able to run as much. So that's kind of almost what I'm more concerned about isn't even Hurts um, being able to move the ball with his legs because I think he can when he really has to. And he's been so good with his arm that I don't think he needs to. But if the running game is not working at all, um, that's a big issue and the Eagles running game wasn't working really well the last time they played the Chiefs, and that certainly hurt them. The running game is interesting here because obviously you you have DeAndre Swift now instead of uh, Miles Sanders, and Swift has looked good for the most part. Kenny Gainwell still mixing in there, but this Eagles offense uh, this season, I I think the biggest knock on them has been they kind of start game slow and then they kind of kick into gear and they, they start running the football. Then you get the play action deep shots to AJ Brown, who's having an unreal season. And do, do you think that the slow starts are, are because of the, the running game and the issues that they've been having there where it's not just like yet last season, it was okay. Passing game's not working. We're just going to run it straight at you until you prove you can stop it. And most teams couldn't stop it. So there was just nothing you could do about it. And then that opens things up downfield. But this season, it's been a little bit more hit or miss, but Jalen hurts has been so good as a passer and AJ Brown's been so incredible that it hasn't mattered so much in, in terms of wins losses. But like, do you just think that it is the running game or is there something else going on there with these slow starts for them offensively? I think part of it is that, you know, when you don't have the running game going anecdotally, you would think that, you know, you're not getting into third and short as much. You're not getting into, you're not staying on schedule as coaches like to say. And I think that's kind of been an issue, but Jalen Hurts is so good and the Eagles offense has been really good in third and long situations that it hasn't really mattered as probably much as it should. But I, you know, I think that's something that you can't really rely on and you need to make things a little bit more manageable there. Um, It's been a weird discourse for the offense over the course of the season because everyone's talking about oh brian johnson doesn't know what he's doing that's the eagles new offensive coordinator replacing shane steichen and when you look at the metrics i mean the offense is almost identical to last year now there is some parsing there where it comes to the eagles were so dominant in 
or especially early in 2022 that they would get up big in these games and then they wouldn't even like try to score the rest of the game. Yeah. So um, they would just, you know, try to run the, the game out basically and not even pass the ball in the second half. So, you know, there's some of that to parse there. Whereas this year it's been very different. The Eagles have had to try a lot harder. Um, so it's, it's a little bit weird in that sense, but I think, again, that's why I say bigger picture. I don't think it's drastically different, but the way the offense has felt at times, like again, going back to the eye test of it all and the feel it hasn't felt like in rhythm always with Brian Johnson. I think that's the bigger issue. Now I've been defending Brian Johnson all year. Um, he was getting killed for the Eagles red zone offense, not being good. And that's been improved in recent weeks. So we have seen some strides there. I also think people just haven't really been giving him enough grace. I mean, when Jalen hurts was in his first full season as a starter in 2021, people would tell you that every single time he made a bad pass, like, you know, you got to give this guy time. I don't yeah. see anyone saying that about Brian Johnson, who's in his first full season as an NFL play caller, only entered the NFL a few seasons ago. Um, so I think he's kind of, and he's only like, I don't know, 36 or so. He's a young guy. So I think he's still kind of figuring things out along the way. And uh, I've been encouraged. I think the offense is pointed in the right direction as a whole. Um, it's a matter of just ironing out the run game and, you can't really point to one specific thing with that other than Hertz's legs not being fully there, um, but they're going to have to adjust. They're also expected to get starting right guard Cam Jurgens back for this game, so that's a pretty big deal as well. Um, so we'll see if that makes a difference. Red zone offense is hard, and I don't think uh, enough credit is given to how difficult it is. The Chiefs suck at it every year, almost. Well, not <laughs> like... in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> it made yeah. it look really easy. But the idea is that, you know, you work on it, you work on it, you work on it, you find the things that work and you save the best stuff for the end of the season. And, and I think that's what the best teams do because, uh, you know, the Chiefs have obviously, they've had some really good uh, red zone seasons recently, but they weren't particularly good in the red zone last season, even though the offense was hyper efficient, this well-oiled machine. And then this season, it's still been pretty efficient. It's still picking up yards, but they're terrible in the red zone. Like, mm. I get something that even elite teams struggle with. And it's something you just got to work on once you, once you get down into that short area of the field. But um, before I move over to the, to the defensive side of the ball, I, I just want to quick mention of AJ Brown, Devonte Smith. Obviously they're going to be key players in this game. Devonte Smith, uh, especially who's had a little bit more of a quiet season, but with Dallas Goddard out, you expect him to probably step up and have have an opportunity there. And I know they added Julio Jones. I have no idea how much Julio's playing, but but Julio's in the mix there. But AJ Brown has just been on an absolute another world this season. Um, he is, and, and Chiefs fans probably won't want to hear me say this, but I, I think AJ Brown's my favorite player in the NFL right now. Wow. It just he is so much fun to watch. He is so much stronger faster more athletic than like anybody else and he just looks like a total alien out there playing wide receiver and it's just unfair at this point like i don't think there's any corner in the nfl that can truly shut down aj brown the way that he's playing this year i agree i mean i think he firmly belongs in the mvp candidate he won't be the mvp but he will be he should be in that conversation he's been incredible he's just unguardable really like there's no <laughs> There's nothing in A.J. Brown's game that is a weak point. He can win at every single level. He can beat you deep. He can win underneath and get yards after the catch. Intermediate passing game. He's a monster there. Like, there's no really good way to guard him uh, against the commanders. Like, <laughs> that touchdown he had 
uh, in the front left corner of the end zone, just insane. Like you can, you can defend it. That was a perfectly defended pass, but the, the ball placement, you know, it's out of bounds. So it's either no one's catching it or it's AJ making an insane catch. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to make an insane catch. I mean, it's really him and Tyreek Hill, I think right now, uh, who have that claim to like best receiver in the NFL. And those are obviously you know, very different players. Um, but I mean, AJ has been again, just unguardable, pretty much unstoppable. He's been awesome. He had a down game for his standards last, uh, you know, in week nine against the Cowboys. I mean, he was still great. Um, he had like 66 yards. He also drew like a 20-yard pass interference penalty. So, um, I mean, and he also got found in the end zone once again. So, yeah, I mean, he's just been incredible. It's like if nothing is working with the offense, just throw it to AJ. Like, don't overthink it. Just, it'll yeah. work out. Something, you know, will it, – it'll find a way. Um, so, I, I don't really think there is any – kind of shutting AJ down like you said it's more about like trying to find a way to limit him to some extent yeah and the chief secondary has been as good as second any secondary in the NFL this season uh Legarius Sneed has really been that kind of shadow corner for them and his big thing is that he's a big bodied physical corner that really presses these guys at the line of scrimmage and jams them up we saw him do it to Tyreek Hill in the Dolphins game we saw him do it to Justin Jefferson in the Vikings game but you can't really do that to AJ Brown. Like there, there's no corner in the NFL that's stronger than AJ Brown. And if you try to do that, AJ Brown's just going to toss you. So I think that's the matchup to watch for the chiefs defense. Most in this game, like obviously the Eagles offensive line is elite, and that's going to be a battle uh, with their pass rush and all of that stuff. But I think Legarius Steed versus AJ Brown could wind up being like the deciding factor in this game. Uh, but moving over to the Eagles defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive line still been absolutely stellar this season. Pass rush still been great. Jalen Carter looks like he is absolute an absolute monster on the interior of that defensive line. Um, and the run defense has been elite this season for the Eagles uh, overall, like with, with the kind of depth that they have up front, you would expect that. Uh but defensively, the issues that they've had this season have kind of been in the secondary. And obviously, you mentioned no Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but they did trade for Kevin Byard uh, before the trade deadline. So he's a piece that they add into that secondary. And the Chiefs wide receivers have been really hit or miss this season. So I, I am curious to uh, just get your point of view and like how you think that they match up with the Kansas City Chiefs offensively. Well, the last time I, uh, you know, went into an Eagles Chiefs game thinking that the Eagles pass rush would do well, they did not get a single sack somehow, <laughs> uh, which is mind blowing to me. And I just, I still, you know, look, look, I don't love bringing up the field, but it's just, I still can't figure out how, you know, you have Andrew Wiley, who gave up like the fourth most sacks in the NFL last year, and is going up against Hassan Reddick, who's had like the, the we third. Got, we got grass at Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, you got to worry about it. Well, that's good. Um, because, yeah, I mean, yeah, a player in Hassan Reddick who's having an even better season to this point than he did last year, like statistically. And that's also with him kind of like being less than 100% to begin the season because he had this wrap on his hand. Um, and as soon as he got that off, because uh, he had a thumb injury, like the production went way up. So, you know, had he started the season healthy, I mean, he could be even way out ahead of where he was at this point last year. So, um, you know, I really like the matchup of the Eagles defensive. I feel like a fool for saying this because I liked it in the Super Bowl, but I really like the matchup of the Eagles uh, defensive ends, both Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick going up against the Chiefs offensive tackles, too. I think it's fair to say from the outside are worse than they were, you know, last year. So, 
So, um, and they've also been ridiculously clutch. Like Josh Sweat in the Cowboys game. Cowboys are driving on that final drive. Eagles almost blow it. They get down as far as the six-yard line, and it's Josh Sweat who ultimately steps up and basically essentially seals the game for the Eagles. And Hassan Reddick had, like, huge back-to-back sacks against the Rams and then against the Commanders in uh, Washington um, or in Maryland. He had a, a huge strip sack at the end of that game to really close things out. So the pass rush has really been not only effective, and I think as a whole they even have more sacks than they did at this point last year, um, but also incredibly clutch as well. They've really stepped up in key moments, and I don't think that's totally just an accident or a coincidental, um, but speaks to you know the talent of those players and how – hard they are to block and their motors to be able to stay that um, persistent late in the game. So, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is, um, you know, trying to force an extra turnover, um, you know, getting the, I, I'm, you know, you can't bank on Patrick Mahomes to make many mis, uh, mistakes in terms of throwing interceptions and whatnot, but to be able to get to him, maybe rip the ball out a couple times, fumble luck goes your way. Um, I think that's really what's going to come down to when it comes to this Eagles defense, being able to uh, hold up, and kind of make up for the weaknesses in the middle of the field. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe Darius Slay has done like a little bit of shadowing at times for the Eagles defense. Is there, do you see a circumstance where they're like, okay, we just got to put Slay on Kelsey because we don't really have anybody else that can truly match up with it. Sometimes not enough because CD lamb was killing the Eagles last week. It was, it was infuriating because the Eagles had the, not even it's not even their third string nickel cornerback. It's their third string plan, which is the combination of Sidney Brown, a rookie third round pick safety, and an undrafted rookie free agent in Eli Ricks. Like that was the combination. And really they were they kind of favor Sidney Brown and rundowns, or at least more predictable rundowns, and they have Eli Ricks in there for more of pass situations. And that's just not good enough against CeeDee Lamb, especially when you're paying both Darius Slay. And James Bradbury, top 15 cornerback money. Like, why was Eli Ricks on C.D. Lamb in the slot? Um, So they did kind of mix play in there a little bit later in the game that was actually effective. So I would hope Eagles defensive coordinator Sean Desai learned from that and has his best coverage players on the other team's best receiving option. I don't think we'll see it the whole game. I think Desai likes to mix things. Um, And I also think that uh, back in training camp, James Bradbury, who obviously committed the penalty at the end of the Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl. Um, you know, they were they were working him in the slot there. And I don't think that was about getting him as the new nickel cornerback is more of matchup specific. And I think it's fair to say, like, you know, a matchup against the Chiefs, that's something they might like a little bit more because of James Bradbury's size. Bradbury hasn't really had a good season. And um, I think part of it is because they've actually had to move him into the slot due to injuries there. So you're kind of moving him around. Um, but to be able to use him there on certain looks, I mean, I think they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Travis Kelsey, considering that you're not too worried about what else the Chiefs have. I'm fine with them just leaving Darius Slay on the perimeter to guard Justin Watson. <laughs> like that's that's totally fine. Shut down Justin Watson for the game and uh, leave Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey alone. Uh, so that, that I think that's another really interesting key uh, Chiefs fans should be paying attention to in this game is just kind of how they tried to slow down Travis Kelsey, because uh, for some reason we, for weeks we saw teams just not do it. Like they were just like, our defense is fine. We'll slow down Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey just absolutely roasts them. And then 
we've seen Kelsey have a couple of down games recently, and it's because he's got two, three guys on him everywhere he goes on the field. So uh, I think that seems pretty simple. Like you would think most defensive coordinators would say, we just got to slow down that guy let everybody else beat us if they can. Um, that would seem like a, a recipe for success for trying to slow down the Chiefs offense. So I, I think that's a big thing to watch in this game on Sunday. But he's Brandon Lee Gowton. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Uh, check out all of his fantastic work at Bleeding Green Nation. I highly encourage you to check out what they got going on over there just to get a different perspective uh, from the other side ahead of this massive Super Bowl rematch on Monday. But uh, BLG, I, I will talk to you tomorrow on the next edition of TGI Football. Sounds good. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.